Welcome back to our Sunday Seminar podcast where we recap our discussion from each week and currently we're looking at uh, our wor- worldviews and what moral values are um, are in the world. And last week we talked about hedonism and how life is all about pleasure and we established that uh, everyone is just a little bit hedonist because we're all looking for some kind of pleasure in life. But where we find that the most pleasure is in Christ, when we seek to find fulfillment in Him over the world, we will find ourselves most joyful and content. So in this week's discussion, as we continue to look through uh, that sin chart made by Mark Sayers, a pastor in Australia, uh, we look at each perspective um, just a little bit more deeply, and we seek to see how it applies to our lives. Uh, so this week we uh, tackled the idea or the view of moralism, and we talked through uh, those same five questions that we did last week, and we looked at it from a secular moralistic view, and then we compared it to what does that mean for um, Christian morals, if you could say that. So first off, we uh, asked the question, what is the purpose of life? So the answer to that, um, we have we have to answer uh, or we have to define moralism. At its most basic understanding, moralism is what is right or wrong or acceptable in society. There are very few, if none, uh, morals that are 100% accepted across every society. So what is the purpose of life and moralism? Uh, It's to live a good life and live virtuously. Uh, When we turn to answer these same questions in the Christian view, it's very important to know that the Christian worldview doesn't change. So these answers are going to be pretty identical to last week's, but I try to put a um, a little twist on them and try to uh, put them through the lens of what moralism says and how does Christianity counter that. So when we answer what is the purpose of life in the Christian view, it's the exact same as last week because you can't change this. It's to glorify God. The moralist will seek to live good and live by the approval of man, while the Christian will live to seek to bring the glory to God. And in the second question... We ask, what is sin? To a moralist, sin is um, ignorance. It's that people are uneducated on issues and that they need to be, that they need to be in um, because of their ignorance. Uh, it leads them to live immorally because of their standards. Uh, and they essentially do not know between right and wrong, which makes us beg the question, what is right or wrong? Are there absolutes that, are, that all people should live by? For the Christian, we are still kind of repeating the same as last week. Uh, sin is anything that we do against God and or replace him with. In uh, Christianity, God is our absolute. He is our, his word is our guide, and we have it clearly laid out for us on how we should live to avoid sin. And the third question is, what is the world? To the moralist, the world is a place that is ruined. And to the Christian, the world is a perfect place that is ruined. These are similar but very different. The Christian knows, based on Genesis uh, in our creation story, that the world was made perfect and good by God. God called it good. And in Genesis 3, uh, chapter 3, uh, sin came into the came into the world and ruined it. He, uh, sin ruined perfection. So the moralist or the secular view does not acknowledge that the world was once perfect, while the Christian saw and sees that in Genesis, God called the world good and it was ruined by sin. And our fourth question we asked was, Uh, What is the moralist attitude towards faith? Uh, Their response would be that faith is too immoral. The boundaries and convictions by the way that Christians live or any faith lives do not align with what the world views um, as good. Therefore, the way we live is immoral compared to their standards. And this goes both ways. 
and we'll just use Christianity. Christianity sees the world living immorally based on our standards, and the world sees Christianity living immorally based on their standards. So for Christians, we have to ask, uh, what is our attitude towards faith? And it's uh, the anchor in which we interpret the world. Our faith drives our actions, and it determines how we live. And then we have to ask the last question. So what is the solution to this? Uh, the solution for the moralists is that they need to educate those who don't know any better. Because so many people are called ignorant uh, to their values, they need to educate them in order that they might know. By worldly standards, we have to ask the question again, what are we educating them in? What are their absolutes? The world is continually changing and the culture is changing and opinions change every year and after a couple of years. And then some of those ideologies don't even exist anymore, um, nor are they remembered. And oftentimes when we really look back or we see that some of them are forgotten because uh, they necessarily weren't good to begin with. So for the Christian, what is the solution? We live like Christ. When we live by his standards, we become beacons for what it means to live with joy and freedom, not based on earthly man-made standards. And moral, moralism is just not the answer because, like I said, it's focused on man and pleasing man. We change too much, and we have too much diversity to have any absolute ways of living and can justify our actions. What Christianity offers, though, is conviction. While moralism does not lead to conviction because it is pleasing man, conviction will lead us to repentance and allows us to change the way that we live and think to align with God and seek his absolute truth. So we, where we landed um, this plane on moralism, uh, we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4-8, through 8, and that says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has this world for for not only for has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. So the power of the gospel lives within us. And what that means, the Holy Spirit, God himself, dwells within us, leading and guiding and convicting us by his standards. And while we can use words to demonstrate his perfection um, and his love and mercy, the way in which we live, our actions, will speak just as equally um, as loud and as strong. Our lives uh, are not restricted by what this world may think. Uh, we live in freedom, and we're... Uh, free from the bondage of death because the power of the gospel lives within us. So the world will say that Christians are um, uptight or their um, their convictions are too uh, immoral. But what we see is that our convictions lead us away from death. It leads us away from man-made images. And uh, the world will tell us to um, live like a good person. Just live like a, just live a good life. Be a good person and you'll do good. But Christianity tells us to live like Christ. And that power comes solely through the Holy Spirit that guides us in this life. So I hope you're able to find this encouraging, that we are free from legalistic moralism, that um, there is no absolute concrete moralistic view in the world. Um, but we do know is that God's word is absolute, and we can live by that. 
and it has proved the test of time and culture, and it has remained the same for thousands and thousands of years, and it will for eternity. So I hope you all um, enjoyed that, and we'll talk to you next time.